100% born in the Appalachian Mountains and made in the USA, Timber Ninja Outdoors provides a range of mobile hunting options to accommodate diverse hunting preferences. Whether you prioritize comfort, lightweight design, or versatility, their two-panel and single-panel saddles collection has something for everyone. The Black Belt Nano is the lightest single-panel saddle available on the market, weighing in under a pound. The saddle is designed with the minimalist hunter in mind, focusing on lightweight functionality and breathability. One notable feature is the patent-pending magnetic stick clip system on the side, which allows for convenient transportation of sticks up the tree, as well as a built-in platform holder. The Nano Saddle can be folded up to the size of a Nalgene bottle, enabling easy portability. With a four-way stretch material on the back for a comfortable fit, as well as strategically placed padding for hip pinch relief. You can use code EASTMEETSWEST to get free shipping on any Timber Ninja order. If you try it out and don't like it, send it back within 30 days for a full refund. Learn more at TimberNinjaOutdoors.com and sign up for their email newsletter for exclusive discounts and product drops. Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode the east meets west hunt podcast mountain buck q a edition brought to you by timber ninja outdoors the way that these episodes work are that they aren't just like your normal episode where i have a guest on and we talk for a couple hours about various topics this is very detailed very specific based on the questions that you have in roughly a 10 to 20 minute window and, and me answering it in the best of my abilities based on my experiences. So if you have any questions that, that you would like to submit, please send them in via email to bo at eastmeetswesthunt.com or uh, uh, via YouTube. So underneath one of these episodes, put in the comments what your questions are. I take them all in and go through them and answer some of these questions on here. If if you have, well, I guess I should say I was, I was planning on stopping doing these Q and A's here. This would have been the last one in November, but then I've been getting such good feedback on it from all of you liking the shorter episodes that are bite sized You can get them in a, in, you know, while you're driving to work or doing whatever. So I'm going to, I'm going to continue to do them through December here, probably not through the winter months. Uh, nonetheless, let's dive right into this one. So the question that I have, this was a couple of different questions that that I combined into kind of one answer here. It was a very general one about how do you hunt the big woods after the rut? So after the rut's done and, you know, in most states, you're kind of getting into gun seasons and everything. And, you know, in Pennsylvania, uh, right as this is coming out tomorrow, uh, Saturday, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, gun season's opening. And there's also other states that are are similar, not just Pennsylvania to that. And then that was the other questions that that were surrounding gun season and tactics there. So I'm combining that into one and and talking about here. So I wrote down some notes and some things that that I think may help you out a little bit because I'm in this situation where in Pennsylvania, I'll be carrying a gun here and this is how I'm going to approach it. So, you know, the rut is one of those things those times of year when I believe you have the best chance of filling your tag when you're hunting in the big woods. Well, sometimes it just doesn't work out and you're not able to, to fill your tag in that time period. So 
Gonna have to break out the gun and get out in in the woods with the Orange Army. And you know, I, I looked. I used to think of that time of year as a time when you really didn't have any chance of killing a mature buck other than by accident or by luck. But I've kind of changed my thought process over the years on this, and think I'm wrong, and and had to look at it from a different perspective to be able to find success. And, and really it comes down to hunting pressure. So this is going to change depending on where you're at, uh, in, in the country, what state, what type of land you're hunting, all these different things. But growing up in Pennsylvania, gun season opens right after Thanksgiving. And we all, you know, we always joked about, you have to throw everything out the window that, you know, and just go sit in the woods and someone will push a deer by you. But when you started looking at it, I started running trail cameras, longer and I I start leaving them out all year, even though that there's a chance there's usually I'm going to have a few that are missing by leaving them up through gun season. I really feel like I get a lot of valuable information on it. And what I found was there's a few places that I would get multiple, almost like bachelor groups of bucks and does that would hide out during these gun seasons. And, and one of these particular places was uh was a place where it was like a side hill it's pretty steep thick old like 25 30 year old clear cut pole stand and right on the edge of it there was a scrape and i had a camera on video there on opening day of gun season this seven or eight year old deer really big mature deer he actually didn't have the biggest rack in the world but it was an old deer he was working the scrape and the audio on my Exodus camera can pick up gunshots in the background so you could hear him off in the distance. But anyways, I found that there's there's a couple different places that, that these deer tend to hole up. And I'm going to throw opening day out the window because that, that kind of changes everything. But just in, in the majority in this late season, they'll find places where if it's highly pressured, where there's cover and they're not being bothered. And that could be far away from the roads, back in a steep, thick draw or on a side hill. Um, Or that could be even next to a road down over a bank. So a lot of the roads that you see on public, you know, whether they're on the top, the side hill, the bottom, there's voids in there. And a lot of people are parking at areas that are dead end roads, gates, anything where they have an easy path to head out into the woods. When I say an easy path, it doesn't mean that, that everybody is generally lazy, but it just almost funnels the movement of people to those places. So when you're e-scouting, you're looking at Spartan Forge, go and mark some of those areas where you think the hunting pressure is going to come from and start drawing circles around it. Even just I mean, a half mile would be good, but you could even do less. And you start to find these voids in the, in the land where they could be at. And then if it's open woods in those voids, well, they're probably not going to be there, but trying to find areas that have cover and security is, is going to be, in, in my opinion, the most important factor during this time of year. And also when I, I looked at the Penn state deer forest blog, if, uh, I've had Dwayne Diefenbach on here before, probably three or four years ago now, and their GPS collared studies during gun season, they don't move a whole lot, but they still do move in daylight within these small areas. So finding those areas uh, can be really helpful during that time. So 
Uh, but one of the tactics that that I tend to use during gun season, and I will not use this on opening day because I don't want to be pushing deer around to other hunters, but it's still hunting. So being on the ground with a rifle or whatever type of firearm you have, you could use a bow too, but I, I think uh, this is more suited for gun hunting. You know, moving slowly through the woods, hoping to catch a deer feeding, traveling, traveling or bedded down in some of these places. So I'll, what I'll do is I'll look at the map ahead of time and kind of plan a route based on what the wind direction is going to be and plan like this is what I'm going to do for the day. And still hunting is, you know, when you're when you're walking through the woods, it's always this constant battle of am I going too fast or am I going too slow? how do I, you know, effectively cover this land? And my rule of thumb is places where I think that are kind of open and I don't expect deer just to be wandering around in daylight, I'm going to move through there relatively quickly. And then once I get to areas where I would think deer might be bedding at or some thicker cover, I'm going to move slower and deliberately through there. You know, even sometimes walking just a couple feet, taking a couple steps, glassing around looking trying to find uh, a deer in some of these places and and if you think about it you know it goes just like you would out west so when you're glassing out west most things in the wild go up they go vertically well a deer's body and every aspect of them goes horizontally so you're looking for some of that horizontal movement you're not always looking for antlers you're not looking for the whole deer you're looking for movement and differences in that that environment especially you're looking into a clear cut with briars and all this stuff that that can be hard to do but going slow in those places and looking has been the best uh the best aspect for me i I remember i think it was 2018 uh, i was gun hunting and i i was sneaking around these ridges have you ever wanted to have levi morgan andy may johnny stewart and others available at all times well, you can with CyberScout from Spartan Forge. CyberScout is like the chat GPT for outdoors men and women. You can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%, and if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at SpartanForge.ai. I was on a Saturday, and I'd found this spot that... That I stole the term from THP, but I call it the buck nest. And I told this story on the podcast back in 2018, but where I was sneaking around and this area, I knew that people were driving to clear cuts on this side of the road. And then there was a, a valley and a, and a creek bottom. And then there was this little shallow valley that came up and it was like two and a quarter miles or so away from any road. And there were some blowdowns in there and the bucks were using it in the early season. So I kind of came back to looking at it and I went through and caught some movement and I might be messing up the details a little bit on this story, but I thought I remembered that there was a buck kind of bumping a doe around in there and there was some movement and I dumped a bleak cam and this buck came up and I ended up shooting him frontal at about 70 yards coming up out of that just on the first bench. 
So that was an area um, where we're talking about still hunting, working through the ridges. And the nice thing about still hunting is, you know, when you have this plan to go through it, I like to have a plan because it gives me a direction of travel and idea. But as the wind changes and shifts, you're going to have to adapt on the fly. So having milkweed that you can drop as you're going will help you change your movement and understand how how to flow through there. Another uh, tactic is is tracking. So we haven't haven't had a lot of years in the in the last ten really where we've had really good tracking snow in Pennsylvania. But I know a lot of the Northeast has that. I, I've done um, multiple podcasts on this. I'm trying to remember the episode number last year. Um, but there was one from December of last year that you can listen to, um, where, where my buddy up in, uh, Maine had killed 170 inch deer tracking, go check that one out. It's a really good one where he talks a lot about, um, you know, how to read the tracks going through. And I've also had Hal blood on, which is he's world renowned, uh, for, for tracking bucks. So I've had him on the podcast in the past we refer to those for a lot more details on specific tracking. But, uh, you know, tracking, you're typically moving a little bit faster through, you know, until you find a track than you would if you're still hunting. Uh, but it can, it, or even driving roads and forest roads and looking for a, a track that crosses that road is another tactic some of those, some of those guys use. But like I said, for more details on that, I'd refer back to those, those episodes there. And then, the last tactic is wind bumping. So wind bumping is a strategy that's similar to an old-fashioned deer drive. If you watch the Seek One video we did last year, uh, we were doing old-fashioned deer drives uh, here in PA where you get a few people coming from one direction, pushing out some sort of a thicket with posters or sitters sitting on the other side, hoping that the deer run past them and be able to get a shot. Well, wind bumping, you really only need two people uh, to be able to implement wind bumping. So if you have like a point of a ridge or an area where you think a buck might be holing up, you get on the downwind side or wherever you think that is a good possible escape route and you have someone sitting and then you have another person coming from the upwind side and just kind of slowly moving through there, just trying to get that deer up from catching their wind and not so they're full on sprinting like you might see in a deer drive, but they might just get up, you know, look behind them, kind of skirt out a little bit and then try to see, try to circle around them. And you want to be in that spot where you can have an opportunity at them. So in, in December of 2020, while I was hunting with my dad and Johnny Stewart, we wind bumped this steep slope. So Johnny and I were sitting and my dad was the one that was, was doing the wind bumping and we, uh, well, he'd wind bumped this. There was a steep slope of a point with some hemlocks on there. I got right on the edge of the hemlocks about partway down the hill. I was, well, I was about halfway down the hill on just a little tiny bench that was there. And, but I got really close to that thick cover because I wouldn't think, you know, from a wind bump, a buck's going to come out and sprint across that wide open oak side hill. And, you know, and Johnny was up above a little bit higher on the first bench down what that buck did was he came out, he just snuck out of that cover and was looking behind him. And I was right there at sub 20 yards to be able to, to shoot him. So it was, it was pretty awesome. And that was an eight and a half year old deer. It's actually over my shoulder, but I don't believe that he is in the, in the camera frame right now. But, uh, 
it, it was a, it's a, it's a really good tactic that you can use. Um, if you have a buddy or something to be able to go out there and utilize that with, uh, with gun hunting and, and, you know, you look at deer drives and I've heard it so many times, but there's no strategy to deer drives, just pushing deer out. Yeah. And, you know, if you have, you know, whatever the maximum is a roster to, in, in Pennsylvania to be able to go and push places out. Yeah. That, I mean, there's, there's, there's not as much of a chance for a deer to escape then, but when you're doing these smaller, um, drives and, and I have no problem with the, the bigger groups either. I mean, it's, it's whatever you want to be able to do, but with the smaller groups, it really takes some strategy on what the wind is doing. How do you think that the deer are going to use the train and vegetation to escape and putting a plan together and being strategic about it to be able to make it happen? And, and honestly, I love that aspect of it and like doing those types of drives with family and friends. It's just, uh, it's a good time after sitting in a tree by yourself, uh, during archery season. But anyways, that's my answers, uh, to that question. Just three different kind of strategies there on how I'm looking at this gun season and hunting these deer after the rut using that historical data from trail cams of where these deer have been hanging out and looking at that GPS collar data, kind of figuring out places that these deer like to be at. And um, then either using still hunting, tracking, or some wind bumps. So with that being said, good luck to everyone. Stay safe, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.